Is investment something that's always been on your mind, but you don't quite know how to get started on that journey? We are here to set you on the right course. Welcome to My Cashflow Academy's Investor's Corner with your host, Athena Paquette Cornier. We are all about getting out of the rat race through creating positive passive income through real estate investing. Here you'll hear from regular people just like you and the professionals who support us towards greater wealth. Learn before you earn, move from analysis to action, and find the right path to attaining the success that you've always dreamed of for yourself. Now, here's your host, Athena. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Investor's Corner. We're starting a little late due to some technical difficulties, but we are here. And I'm here this week with Tara Nierenhausen, the Executive Director of Communities Child, which is a service provider nonprofit here in the South Bay, part of Los Angeles. And just to introduce a little bit why this is supposed to be for investors, but every couple of weeks, at least once a month, I highlight a nonprofit that has to do with housing and real estate and that serves the underserved communities, mostly focused on women and children who are at risk and need more than just a government handout. So these people would be lost or forced to make poor decisions if they didn't have an outlet or a place to go. And these nonprofits help these people. So my history with Communities Child goes back, I think, to at least five or six years, probably closer to 10. And so, and oddly enough, I was introduced to Communities Child by my property manager. So that's, it's all to do with real estate and housing people. So welcome, Tara, and thanks for joining me this Friday afternoon. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. A little bit of a celebration today because it's uh, Communities Child's 13th birthday. Oh my gosh. Well, happy birthday yeah. to you all. That's Thanks. awesome. So can you tell me, Tara, a little bit about you know your background and how Communities Child started? Okay. I actually have a background in social work and in special education. And I immigrated from Canada where I actually ran programs for in that um, perhaps open child because of either domestic violence all things like that. So when I came to California, my husband's from Redondo Beach and we moved down here to help his mom, I actually took a job working for something called Trinity Shelter. Okay. It was interesting because I came here and I didn't system. to go over to Cal State. It was really cool because it was a place for women to come that were pregnant. They could come there and, you know, have healthy birth for their children being on the streets, which offered a lot of medical stuff. And this goal, which was helping the women to have healthy births. But the problem with the crisis maternity shelter is the women had to exit three months of age. And it was me actually to 2005 when uh, we founded the uh, homeless rate for women and children in the county of L.A. was 36,000 homeless women and children every night. So the last four women that I had in that shelter could not find appropriate housing for. I would have to say that it actually broke my heart to the point where I went, I got to do something. And so that's how Communities Child was born. I just talked to, it was probably a group of about seven South Bay um, residents that actually really cared a lot about homeless women with um, babies and young children. We started doing some fundraising in 2005, in June 1st of 2005. And um, by May of 2008, we opened up the shelter for homeless women and children. Wow. So that went from just an idea to getting people talking about what you wanted to do and 
seeing who it resonated with. And then I guess then you raised money. So how much money did you have to raise just to get it started? We initially raised 360000 Is that for a down payment on a really small house in Lomita. And then it was really, really cool because we started talking to everybody in Lomita that, that knew contractors. We, you know, we wanted to knock it down and build it up to this really nice shelter. And everybody in the community got on board. We had the plans donated. We had the roof donated. We had the foundation donated. The wow. doors and windows. It was just became this really big community project, which was great because that's why it's called Community Child. And then, I mean, we did have to pay for some of the materials because not everybody could donate. And probably about three years after being open, come forward and paid our mortgage off completely. Wow. And I know. And that donor wants to remain anonymous, but I will tell you that that donor was very involved with the, the impact that we were having with them helping building the shelter. We um, office from a church that was right next door. And so the pastor started to have a need kind of in the Lomita, Torrance area to my door. So we also started looking at children that maybe didn't have school supplies, didn't have enough food for lunches, maybe didn't have socks and underwear, right? A little more of a community program as well. So um, I did not know that this woman had been waters, saw what we were doing and was seeing how the children and the families were improving so much in the schools that she came and said, keep going wow so it was really cool that's amazing yeah that's amazing so you just have one location now is that right or or one home no we have one shop that can house up to women and children we run pretty much full capacity all the time the new stats came out i think last night from lhasa on homelessness and it's better. I mean, I think it was up 14% last year, and I think we're up in this area. We're up about 4%. So that's that's an improvement, but it's still still growing. There's still wait lists for people for housing. So we, we have the shelter. As I was telling you, we started the church next door. We quickly grew out of that. We, um, we had over, I think, 714 families that we served last year with over 4,000 children. So um, wow, we needed it. I know. So we needed a community. That is a lot. That is a lot. But you know, it was so important. And one of the things that I know, Athena, you've been really helpful with this program. One of the things that happened during all of our community engagement memorials to do a pilot project with them, they wanted to check on the health of sort of um, because they were coming in sort of. So they partnered with the staff around five years ago brought their labs on site and we brought all the families and the kids in. and um we were all really really nice because we you know everybody knows about diabetes right heart disease um so we'll find out that 27 percent of the kids that we were serving that attended local elementary schools and i'm talking actually because of poor nutrition now i told you earlier i have a background in special ed yeah that background Led tells me that in a couple of years, they now will develop permanent cognitive impairments, which means they will be disabled. Wow. Right. We started that Healthy Bags program, which to the schools where social workers are going home to empty cupboards, right? They're, they're malnourished kids. Yeah. And so we do that every week, right, to the, to the schools. 
And we're really happy to announce that this spring, when we met again at Taurus Memorial, we took that 27 under four points. So a lot of healthier kids, a lot of healthier families. Um, and, and so we have a community center now because when you're providing that much food and that much outreach, because we don't just do the grocery with the issue of why are these families impoverished to begin with, right? right. So we're doing ESL parents. We're doing literally pre-vocational. We're doing parenting. We're helping to go patients. So we got a lot of programs going and a lot of stuff going on. People. Yeah. So 700. Yeah. yeah, more than 704,500 something kids oh, wow. throughout the year. And we don't just do the health screening. We look at mental health as well. And and family we came up at that was that these families were so incredibly stressed that it was starting to borderline. Right. There was a lot of um, yelling, just a lot of stress, alcohol. So um, we actually got some funding to do um, a family support program, which was, you know, okay. domestic violence, we called it Healthy Families. And um, to give you the idea of the numbers of the needs, we asked for funding for 75 families. We had families sign up. Wow. And then most families had three to four children. And we weren't just doing it with the parents, we were doing it with the children. And what was really cool is mom and dads showed up. This was a family issue. And they showed up for the families to learn about what is domestic violence, what are the laws here about domestic violence, what causes it, how do you prevent it, so a lot of anger management, a lot of counseling, a lot of group, and the kids are out. We get to know the family program, so yeah, there's a lot. And then our feed the children in the summer, when there's no yeah. feeding program in the summer, right? That's 500 kids every four weeks coming wow. in just to, get, yeah, just to get four weeks worth of groceries. And then there's the back to school program. There's our Christmas program. So people don't necessarily have to be in your shelter. You're serving them in a lot of different ways, right? That's a lot of different ways and they're not necessarily in the shelter. It's true. And one of, one of those of our objectives at the community center is actually to prevent homelessness. We actually have a program where we'll help families at least one time with rent or with utility assistance. And then we'll help them with budgeting. Right. Well, the groceries, I'm going to get some water. Okay. Diapers, wipes, anything that will sort of help offset the living, not just at the poverty level, but they're 40 to 50 percent more. Their average income for a family of five is between 12. I don't know how you make it in the South. I don't know how you pay the rent. Never mind. With that yeah, be on Section 8 or something, but yeah. Like, how you even survive? Forget rent. Just. Food and gas and you know all that kind of stuff is got. And these are working families. These aren't families that are that are you know collect the county, right? These are working yeah. families. But the problem is, and that's why we have so many educational programs going, is that they're really underemployed, right? They're working two, three part-time minimum wage jobs with no medical, uh, you know, coverage. So mm -hmm. yeah, they're not they're not lazy families. They actually most of them will even help out. Yeah, which is kind of. I think cool. it's interesting what you said about the family program where you're having the dad and mom are showing up, and it seems like a lot of programs the women are homeless with their children and the man is missing, right? And that that's probably overgeneralization, but it seems like if you get the both parents there working on it together, that would be ideal, mm -hmm. right? There's there's sometimes violence of resentment, 
and we really are seeing a lot of fracturing with the family because there's so much stress. So we really wanted to help prevent that because our families are healthier, right? It, it's better. And if we want the family to stay together, um, I, I just think that's something we should morally and ethically do. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, our programs are for both. Yeah. So I do want to talk a little bit about the process of when a woman comes into the shelter, like the whole process of education that they go through and, you know, learning about rules and if they're going to live in your house, they have to follow rules. So, and getting them back on their feet with education and all that. So what's the process that you go through with women uh, to, to get them back on their feet and hopefully out the door, right? <laughs> Just, I mean, independent. Yeah, they're referred to us. There's a, like I told you the stats, right? It's really bad on how many homeless people are out there. So there's a lot of different agencies that will refer to us. Our program is different in that it's a two-year transition. Uh, we're in bed by 8 o'clock. They're up at 6. They have to go to school. They have to be advancing their education um, because they wouldn't be standing in and had a sustainable income. So um, we the EDs programs. Most of them, by the time they leave here, are at least halfway through their own counseling that in order to to kind of oh, we need to deal with the core issues so there's individual counseling there's group counseling there's family counseling and then there's trauma counseling for the children that are homeless um, are incredibly traumatized and it's a lot to go through and lots of Harvard UCLA colleges in here and helps work with the kids so that the women have to attend those counseling sessions they have to attend communication problem solving they're in school full time. They've got celebrate recovery because whether they're they're dealing with addictions or not, there's all kinds of core issues, um, you know, codependency and stuff. But they, so basically, they are in program six days a week. Mm -hmm. They do get the the one day, day a week, the family time. Success rate in, in our program is usually save the advantage of everything. The other thing we have here is we have something that's called a four savings plan. So any income they might, um, whatever, 80% of that has to go into a bank account. So mm -hmm. it's saved. <laughs> so when they leave here, the end of the two years got last, I want to see them. So we have that process going. But our grads are amazing. I think you've actually, Athena, heard some of them speak at the last, yeah, last the event. Last I, our last, the last two that, that just are up and does halfway through. Actually, um, and referring over to um, Arizona State, where she's going to complete her bachelor's, and where she's been invited to be a person that works with the football team and in, in therapy, yeah, right? Like so she's going to be a coach or something. This girl's gonna, going to going to college with a job already. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. amazing. And then the other, I know, and then the other one that was speaking January, she's working a double. I think it was behavioral and something else because she wants to go do some um, special ed counseling mm -hmm. um, in the school and she got a job set up um, on their legal degree. We have is just been working on a degree and another one um, Loretta is already done her paralegal and is finishing up her law degree as well. But we get everything from nurses to um, Nurses, a lot of them go into the medical field because it pays pretty well. And there's drug, I think Espy, who's on our board, um, later at Molina Health. 
So it's it's amazing. That it, is amazing. It's amazing. And when the girls stick, you know, like the sky's the limit. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. And what I really like about it is they is once they've graduated from here, they don't stop. Right? Mm-hmm. But they come back. They right. help the others. Elena, who graduated, I think about three years ago, got a job with Toyota. Just got taken on bought her house. Three weeks ago, she bought her first house, Athena. Like wow, it was just a amazing. huge celebration. That's I amazing. know. So she's, I know. And she's got three kids, a set of twins and another little one. And she went through mm-hmm. just so, so much to get away from the abusive relationships. And we're just, we're so proud. She's flying out here because she's volunteering with Toyota, but she's also coming back here to encourage the girls and talk and do it. So, yeah, that's amazing. I think different than a lot. Are a little, our program's a little different than the others out there in that in order to come here, you have to be willing to do the program. You have to be willing to want more for your life, to come out of the patterns that got you into homelessness, sort of all those destructive patterns, and to do the work. Books And, and our group, 3.5 to 4.0s at, at college. We have tutors that volunteer here. And Oh, wow. Yeah, we have like um, over 500 volunteers a year. Wow. That health dietitians, teachers, um, teach the girls how to scrap. Bankers come in and teach this thing. It takes a whole community to turn out this well. And we even have mentors that when they program and we can't deliver without the help of the community right help 500 during this month without the community stepping up and helping us we can't even run those out of crew behind us so i think i need to give a big shout out to the south bay committee community and that join us yeah that's really incredible because if you've got 500 volunteers for say 700 families yeah, and 4,500. Say so you've got 500 volunteers for 5,000 people. That's a pretty good ratio, actually, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, because I'm going to skip some of our questions and maybe we could have Amy come back and talk more about this. But I wanted to ask you for Communities Child, how much of the dollars that you take in, like donations, what percentage goes to? buying the food and you know all the all the programs versus like admin kind of stuff because that's a big like hot button with people who donate right they're told make sure your money's going to the organization and not all the jets and <laughs> so don't talk about your jet Tara. If you're gonna... <laughs> oh i don't have a jet matter of fact i was driving a 2005 white pickup truck for the longest time, I finally just got a car, right? And also much stuff for the organization. We just finished our audit. Actually, we just got the audit back. I, I needed it because our grant deadline was June 1st today. We are at 8.5% of men, which is really, really low. That's really low, we, 8.5. Yeah, it was really low. So those people with a... a full-time staff of five people at enough. There's only five of us and part-time staff. Yeah. And yeah, but we have that army of volunteers, right? And right. that really helps. I don't know. It just, we really believe that when the people are giving their money, they, they really want to see an impact. So mm-hmm. I think they get a really good value for their dollar at Communities mm-hmm. Child. And because you do real estate, I do want to tell you about our upcoming project. Okay. Right. Um, Let's hear it. Yeah, because we were talking 
we were talking a little bit about um, homelessness, right? Yeah. And the and the women when they come and um, what we've been a- what we have been able to do is when the women had finished the two years and and your guests need to understand that the I keep this is considered by law, so I. Can't keep them. We never ask them to leave, and it's people coming in. So that's why the two-year cutoff is. And we have been able, in the past, to can do an additional year or two of their finishing their degrees. But oh. with the homeless going so big, that door is closing, right? So mm-hmm. we were very blessed. Our had a anonymous donor come forward. I will give dollars apartment. So. Um, anybody that's interested in supporting this, we have a donor that's prepared to match up to them. We'd like to open up an apartment program so that our graduates complete their degree and then move on to regular, you know, rental situations. So did you say you had someone offer a million dollars? Up to a million. Up to a million. Yeah. She's, any donations that we get, she will match up twenty. That million dollars. So, but you know what? I think I think we're optimistic. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. I'll do some grant writing and stuff too. But we really like have to a open up that apartment program. So, how many apartments yeah. would it be? One apartment or an apartment building? Is that what you're talking about? It's That's an apartment complex. We would believe we'd like to with um, a storefront because a lot of the women are really talented and. So are the kids, and it would be a room to introduce some things, put them in the store, earn some extra income to help with books and tuition. Oh, yeah, that's a great vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and I think it empowers way. them. I think it empowers them when they see something they created actually got sold, right? Helps them be independent. I think it goes around um, to, to market. I mean, there's all kinds of things they could learn. I would like to do a little work in that store, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, well, I know you have a board meeting to go to, so um, I just want to thank you for joining me today. And uh, hopefully we can have, we're having a little trouble with your video. It cuts in and out. So maybe Amy can come back and fill us in a little bit more on the new projects for Communities Child and and all the things that go on and maybe give us some examples. So if someone wants to donate to Communities Child, where would they go to do that? Um, They can actually go to our website. Okay. We have a website which is um, basically the letter C, the word child.org. Okay. So Very C-child.org. C-child.org. There you go. <laughs> okay. Got it. Get that donate button. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, right. thanks for joining me, Tara. I love Communities Child. Hopefully people learned something today and we'll hear from you guys again very soon. And happy birthday to Communities Child. Thanks, Athena. So Have a great weekend. It came true. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So Wednesday on Investor's Corner, we're going to learn how to save tens of thousands of dollars on our tax returns. I'm going to have a cost segregation specialist come and talk to us about that, Michelle. And then Friday, we have Frank Rolfe. He's the fifth largest owner of mobile home parks in the U.S. He uh, owns 300 parks, 32,000 lots in 28 states, and has a valuation of $1 billion. So Frank Rolfe is joining me Friday at five o'clock here on Investors Corner. So be sure to join me Wednesday to learn to save on taxes and Friday to hear about owning mobile home parks. Thanks for joining me on Investors Corner. See you next week. 
This has been another episode of My Cashflow Academy's Investor's Corner with your host, Athena Paquette Cornier. We wish you all the success you deserve as you use what you've learned here out in the real world. Check out the blog post for this episode, along with many more helpful resources at mycashflowacademy.com.